Good evening and welcome to Point of View. I'm Chris Berg. Thanks so much for joining us here on this Monday evening. We start tonight with some breaking news. It's being reported just moments ago. President Trump's going to be sending an additional an additional thousand troops to the Middle East due to these recent tensions rising with Iran. Obviously, we'll keep you abreast on what happens with that. By the way, Iran announced today that they're speeding up their uranium enrichment as well. So uh, it's like a tinderbox right now in the Middle East. Coming up as well in the night show, Senator Kevin Kramer co-sponsors an amendment that would make it illegal, illegal to burn the American flag. We're going to get your take on that. Plus, wait till you hear this. Is there a possibility, could this happen, that Fargo could actually get rid of special assessments? Wouldn't that be exciting? Uh, we start tonight with an epic at least I think it was, epic interview uh, with President Trump and George Stephanopoulos. Yesterday was exactly four years ago to the day that President Trump came gliding down that golden escalator at Trump Tower to announce his candidacy for President of the United States. Tomorrow he's going to announce his re-election campaign in Florida. And, you know, I know you've been hearing a lot about all these polls as of late. Even Fox News having a polls where Biden's up by, I think, 10 or 11 uh, Bernie's up by so many points. Pete Buttigieg is up as well on uh, President Trump. According to these polls, when you look at what's happened at the rallies, President Trump's got like 40,000 or people standing outside for like 40 hours. They're sitting outside right now in Florida waiting to get into some rally that's going to happen tomorrow night. So it should be interesting to see what President Trump has to say there. Of course, we all know the only poll that really matters is next November. So a couple of things I want to know. Do you actually believe the polling that you're seeing right now that Biden could be up, Bernie Sanders could be up uh, on Trump by possibly double digits? Or do you think, as President Trump might say, these are fake news, fake news polls? Please share your point of view with us on that. The reason I bring this up is obviously that was a thorn in President Trump's side. George Stephanopoulos with President Trump last week in Iowa. Then they did this. I think they called it 30 hours with President Trump. If you haven't seen it, actually, it was at least I enjoyed it. Interesting to see behind the scenes kind of stuff. But there was a piece I want to play for you tonight. Um, does a couple things. I think one, it shows you how the media will do anything to go after President Trump. But also, I want to I want you to watch it from this point of view. That remember, President Trump is his first love. Like when he was a little kid, the first dream he had, the first thing he wanted to do is he really wanted to be a movie producer. He wanted to go out and do film. So, and I can tell you from experience that when you're around President Trump, I've actually had a chance to interview him now several times. I'll never forget the first time we interviewed him. I mean, he had our camera guy setting up the way he wanted the shot. He had the lights set up the way he wanted the lighting for the shot. So he gets how to orchestrate the Hollywood aspect of all this. So I want to play this clip for you for a moment. So not only just watch it closely, but listen, listen closely to this clip and how President Trump, even in the middle of an interview, he's sitting there with George Stephanopoulos in the Oval Office, is still orchestrating every single aspect that's on that camera. Check it out. Because it's, it's a fantastic financial statement. It's a fantastic financial statement. And uh, let's do that over. He's coughing in the middle of my answer. Yeah, okay. I don't like that, you know? When like your chief of staff. If you're going to cough, please yeah, leave the room. Get a shot of, and I'll, yeah. I'll come over here. Just, Actually, just can't, you just can't. Just to change the shot. Okay. Sorry. Okay, do you want to do that a little differently then? Yeah, or? we just changed the angle. Okay. Yep. Thank you. So at some point, so at some point, I... 
I mean, folks, you, you got to watch it a couple times. But the fact that the President of the United States is sitting there, hey, you can't be coughing because he knows that's going to screw up the audio track of his interview. So, again, he's, he's Hollywood. He's orchestrating the thing. And then the way he looks right at the cameras, you saw there, and he's like, okay, do you want another shot here? Do you want to reset this up? He knows. I mean, it's just epic how he's orchestrating every little piece. And you want to know that about his psyche when you watch him in future interviews as well. The other piece of that, though, is this, is the fact that this was a prime time special on Sunday night. You may or may not agree with this, but it's kind of Bush League for George to go take a cut. Like, obviously, they, they cut there, and George still played the whole thing, meaning George Stephanopoulos. Do you think that was sort of Bush League, you know, gotcha media or not? We'd love to know your thoughts on that. All right, last Friday, we talked about this on last Friday, as a matter of fact. It was Flag Day, uh, so Kennedy Kevin Kramer is now co-sponsoring. It's a constitutional amendment that would allow for Congress, so it's not necessarily a law with Senator Kramer, it's an amendment to the Constitution that would allow Congress to make it illegal, illegal to burn the American flag. As of right now, the Supreme Court has already ruled that, hey, burning the flag, as much as you and I don't like it, and believe me, I can't stand it when I see people desecrate old glory. It, it burns me up like no other, but as of right now, Scotus has said, hey, it's a First Amendment right if you want to go out there and burn the flag, desecrate the flag, uh, if that's what you want to do, that's expressing your First Amendment right. I say every day I can on this show, look, I may not like what you have to say, I may not agree with you have to say, but I will fight to my death for your right to say it. So Senator Kevin Kramer put out a tweet over the weekend uh, last Friday about what he wants to do here with this constitutional amendment to give Congress potentially the chance to make it a law to make this illegal. I want to share with you a little bit about what he has to say. He says, hey, I joined Steve Daines on Flag Day in introducing a constitutional, can we bring this graphic up, please? Uh, a constitutional amendment to prohibit the desecration of the United States flag. A flag worth dying for is a flag worth protecting. While we should always be mindful of First Amendment rights, the American flag signifies the founding principles that countless men and women have given their lives to preserve. Here's what's interesting. So note this last tweet here. He says, adding a constitutional amendment to protect this symbol of freedom and liberty is not an attack on another constitutional amendment. Rather, it's an affirmation of the uniting, excuse me, unifying principles our nation stands for. Hashtag Flag Day 2019. So we'd love to know your thought there. Is adding a constitutional amendment sort of taking away that First Amendment right to go out if you, again, I don't like this, but you have the right, from according to the First Amendment, to do this, to go out and burn the flag or not. I think what's interesting is President Trump also tweeted out last week about this constitutional amendment. Here's what he had to say. If we can bring this up, please. Uh, all in for Senator Steve Daines as he proposes an amendment for a strong ban on burning our American flag, a no-brainer. So I think all of us out there, we're so patriotic. We love old glory. We love what the flag stands for, which obviously it stands for freedom. That's sort of the irony here. So to us, it is a no-brainer. Hey, you shouldn't be out there desecrated and burning the flag. And remember, the First Amendment is the First Amendment for a reason. It's for the freedom of speech. And if that includes burning old glory, then it includes burning old glory. We put this up on Facebook earlier today. I wanted to get your point of view, and I want to share some of that with you first. I think we've got this in here, Josh. Correct me if, if we don't. But uh, so just, you know, producer Josh, he served our great country. Uh, and I asked him to put together sort of a video statement of his take on the fact that he served our country, obviously went out to fight and put his life on the line to preserve your rights, your freedom of speech. 
Here's his take on this constitutional amendment. As a veteran, it does sadden me to see the flag being desecrated. Um, I don't like it personally, but on the same note, it's not about what I like. We don't have to agree with certain actions that people do. You know, just because you disagree with something doesn't mean that it needs to be legislated on. If you ever find yourself wondering what are we supposed to do or should we make legislation for this, all you have to do is lean on liberty. You know, ask yourself, you know, is this liberty? You know, and you'll find your answer. So I love how he's got producer Josh there. Well done, producer Josh. Also on Facebook, Tyler Peterson says, classic Republicans lip service about the First Amendment until it comes to something they don't like. And that's, that's the rub here with Senator Kramer right now. You know, hey, just because you don't like this still means, hey, you've got the, the freedom of speech, the right to do it according to our First Amendment. Um, Jens Randolph said this as well up on Facebook. Hey, I'm a disabled veteran. Thank you for your service to Jens and also to Josh as well. Uh, who honorably served in the U.S. Army. I swore an oath to uphold and defend the Constitution. I've never been relieved of my oath. As such, I find it abhorring when anyone, regardless of party affiliation, infringes upon any constitutionally guaranteed right of a citizen. I also feel passionate about our flag because it has been draped over the coffins of many of my friends and brothers over the past few decades. Hence, I would be infuriated to watch someone burn my beloved flag, yet... I oppose the government infringing upon someone's right to do so. This bill should never become law, and if signed, should be overturned once again by SCOTUS, the Supreme Court. The United States versus Supreme Court in Texas versus Johnson it also reaffirmed the decision in the U.S. versus Eichmann uh, has ruled that due to the First Amendment of the United States Constitution, it is unconstitutional for a government, whether federal, state, or municipal, to prohibit the desecration of a flag due to its status as symbolic speech. Also, we had a production assistant here in the studio remind me that uh, one of the best ways, most respectful ways that you can quote unquote retire a flag is by burning it, correct? So she said she's done that in uh, several ceremonies before. I know they've done it at the American Legion. So that what, what gets tough to decide is where are you going to draw the line? So if that's one of the most respectful ways to, to retire a flag is by burning it. Who's going to determine if it's illegal or not? So you kind of put yourself in this quagmire. Again, I'm always for more liberty, the better, in my point of view. Would love to know your point of view on, hey, should it be illegal to burn and or desecrate old glory, or should we keep the First Amendment as is? Please share your point of view with us. All right, one of the most, I think, hated, I hate to use that word, but hated uh, taxes in North Dakota, especially in Fargo, is the special assessment. We see them consistently go up on our homes, and just one of those things you get in the mail where you're like, really? You serious right now? I got I to pay this again or I got to pay this for what? So uh, Fargo last year put together this special assessment task force to figure out a better way to hopefully lower costs but still pay for infrastructure in our city. There's a couple important public input meetings coming up. You can see here in the graphic here behind me where you can actually have your voice be heard on this very, very hot topic of special assessment. So earlier today, because these meetings are coming up, I caught up with the chairman of the special assessment task force, uh, here in Fargo, City Commissioner Tony Grinberg, and I asked him, hey, for the people at home that are watching tonight, you've been doing this now for eight, ten meetings, a little over a year. What's the most important thing that you've learned through all these different meetings that the people at home should know? Here's Commissioner Grinberg. We um, 
uh, put together a diverse group of individuals to come together and tackle this issue of what should the policy for the city of Fargo be in the future with special assessments. And that ranged from real estate community to home builders uh, to private citizens. The majority on the task force are private citizens who have been impacted by special assessments. And so we started from ground zero, if you will, last fall, or August rather, um, to learn about the history, um, the Century Code in North Dakota, what is it defined as benefit with special assessments that's been on for over 100 years. So it was an educational um, period of time, then as well as the overall practice of what other communities are doing, and then assessing what the City of Fargo's capital improvement needs are and the future of um, re revitalizing existing neighborhoods, as well as the, the overall approach and management of how the City of Fargo conducts its business. So with that being said, I'm curious, because you talked to a lot of people that, that, that move into our area from other areas, those cities don't use special assessments. Many people say, if I go to Oklahoma or other states, I get a lot more bang for my buck when it comes to a house. So why do we continue to use special assessments when it seems for a lot of people to be either priced amount of homes, it's cost prohibitive? Well, I mean, there's two ways to look at that. There is the new development in town, which, um, for example, in South Fargo, when a developer comes in and asks the city to participate with financing, there are new lots. And that's typically now forty to $50,000 for that cost of that infrastructure. If you're in another community, another state, somebody's still paying for that street's water and sewer. So how, what dollar amount does that equate to the price of a house? And our task force never really got into the specifics of Oklahoma or Nebraska, but the bottom line is the costs are what they are in those markets, and they are here as well. The, some of the discussion we had whether the city should be in, even involved in that financing of that greenfield development, as it's called. And so um, when you look at the cost of concrete, if you were in a poorer street in Moorhead or West Fargo or Fargo, concrete is what it is in cost. Labor costs generally are what they are in this area. So really that the debate on whether the additional fees that city charged was one area that the task force spent a lot of time on. Um, so, you know, the costs are going to get paid somehow, just a matter by who. So whether it's the developer in Oklahoma or whether it's special assessments attached to a property in a new area is one avenue. But I think, in my opinion, the largest um, concern I've heard through this process is the city's past practices and policy with 50-50 cost share in existing neighborhoods. And the city of Fargo started years ago, 25 years ago, exist, or investing in redeveloping existing neighborhoods because of aging infrastructure, pipes, you know, a couple hundred water main breaks a year. So we've been on this journey to upgrade the city's infrastructure and special assessments as a tool to do that. So you mentioned the thing about, hey, developer in Oklahoma is going to pay for it or someone's going to pay for it in North Dakota or Fargo to be more specific. Why should the people of Fargo be subsidizing developers? People in Fargo are not subsidizing developers. If a, if a, a developer comes in and requests, um, let's just say a million dollars of improvements, that is a pro rata share that that property owner pays for. Um, they pay 100% of that. They live in the house 25 or 30 years, they're going to pay that special balance off and they're going to have benefit by that by streets, water, and sewer. In the city of in existing neighborhoods where uh, voters, that's a key thing here, voters approved sales tax to modernize infrastructure years ago. And so that's being subsidized by sales tax. And, um, and that cost share has changed over the years. And now we're back to 70-30. And so now with the state of North Dakota coming in, what's been titled, titled the Prairie Dog, the cost is going to be bought down even lower and less burden on the property taxpayer. So from a standpoint of subsidy, it really isn't subsidized because somebody has to pay. But if you're going to modernize your infrastructure or you're going to grow, somebody's got to pay for that infrastructure. And ultimately, it's the homeowner that on uh, the greenfields absorbs 100% of that cost. And in existing neighborhoods, um, it's now going to be uh, a sales tax, which has been commonplace for years, as I mentioned, as well as state money coming in to buy down those costs in the future. So just for clarity, we'll move on. But the developer is using the tax people 
for the taxpayers of Fargo, sort of a backstop in the city of Fargo, correct? Taxpayers, no, they're obligated to pay those. So again, back to that, if a developer owns uh, 100, 100 lots and we help finance that, that developer is responsible to pay that principal and interest on that obligation. The city of Fargo doesn't make those payments. Citizens don't make those payments. Either the developer does until he sells a lot, or the homeowner, when they buy the new home, pays that specials back to the city. So the taxpayers don't underwrite or subsidize greenfield development. That's a misnomer. Interesting. We may have another conversation about that another time, but one thing that you think you mentioned as well is uh, the other thing that people have an issue with is that you guys, being in the city, let's say that you guys go out and take this bond at 3%, but then you're charging 4 or 5% and then keeping that difference in interest for the city to put in the general fund at times, is that going to stop after yeah, this task force? Yeah, we talked about that extensively with task force, and we're looking at different ways legally we can do that. It's simple and as an option to be able to buy down and uh, bring that savings back to the homeowner. So that's being discussed, and that's one of the policy decisions we're going to wrestle with here when those recommendations come forward. When is that going to happen? And now you've got a couple of meetings um, coming up. We're going to have the two task force this week, and then we'll pull that additional information together based on what the task force um, put together, and then we're going to bundle that, and I expect we'll have um, city commission action probably the second meeting in July on this topic. Nice. I know Commissioner uh, Gehrig has said, hey, we are thinking about using this prairie dog money to completely get rid of and eliminate special assessments. Is that a possibility? Well, in his mind, uh, prairie dog has been on the table for over a year since it was announced by the legislature. And so it's really the legislature's commitment um, to provide these dollars statewide. And so the, the task force has been aware of that. Whether that's going to take them down to zero is probably unlikely, but it's going to reduce them to a point over 25 years is going to be a very small amount for folks in existing neighborhoods that we're going to go and redevelop based on notification and process um, and feedback from those neighborhoods that will benefit from new streets and water and sewer. Is there any proposal that you could get on board with that would eliminate special assessments? Uh, no. Uh, I believe that uh, everybody has to have somewhat defined benefit particularly with the existing um, neighborhoods uh, with the state money now that's going to have a minimal impact but there's still going to be benefit that you as a property owner benefit by the value of your home in the green fields that is not subsidized by the state nor the city and so i expect that that'll stay the same track going into the future where if you buy a new house and a new um, new development you're responsible for those specials uh, so for the people that want to partake in the event coming up tomorrow night or later this week how can people get actively involved and let their voice well, be heard? Well, uh, Facebook, City, uh, City of Fargo's website, Facebook, the information is there. Tomorrow night, 5.30, Fargo Dome. Uh, Thursday night, 5.30 at the Cass, uh, Fargo Cass Public Health on 13th Avenue. And it's open to the public. And there'll be a presentation, um, uh, some background uh, from the legal side of the, what is special assessments and its or origin. And then a chair, uh, I'm sorry, the, one of the members of the task force can provide the survey rankings from the task force. And then we're going to ask for feedback on those uh, items that the task force talked about, have an open discussion, catalog those ideas, as well as people who can't make it can show up and go to the website and put their information and opinions and concerns known through electronic means as well. Anything else we should know that I'm not asking you? Hoping for a great turnout. All right. Thank you, sir. You Appreciate bet, it very much. You bet.